Welcome to episode 27 of the RF Generation Playcast. This is Gregos81, and in this episode, we'll be discussing our game for June of 2016. This month, Steven introduced us to one of his favorite games from his childhood. Was he wearing rose-colored glasses, or did he introduce a hidden classic to all of us? Find out as we discuss the illusion of Gaia for the Super NES. Please remember to subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. You can listen to the show on iTunes and Podbean. As always, don't forget to log on to rfgeneration.com to join our playthroughs and discuss the amazing games we play together. Thank you as always for listening, and now, on with the Playcast. So I feel like I just spoke to you guys. You did. I did. I know, right? That was an interesting evening. Somebody, some jackass kept playing the guitar. And <laughs> it was our lo- it'll be our longest conversation on the air to date. Yeah, nearly four hours of uh, conversation, it seems, except for the, uh, you know, the breaks in between. But uh, if you don't know what we're referring to, we actually... Um, got together last week and um, we we're all excited to talk about E3 and um, the new games and trailers that were released and so we did about a four-hour podcast on that which was quite a lot of fun and really enjoyable some of us enjoyed ourselves a decent amount myself <laughs> included <too> much. <laughs> <laughs> my apologies to EA and Bethesda who are at the end of our conversation. <laughs> But uh, well-deserved and probably why I put them toward the end of the conversation. So if you haven't checked that out, please uh, check out our E3. It, it is a long podcast, but I think you'll enjoy. We, we do go in-depth um, on most of the games that uh, were discussed or trailers that were shown um, at E3. So um, And even some stuff that wasn't shown, right? Yeah, we had some of the, the, the trailers that weren't even present at e3 or not not part of the press conferences so we went pretty deep on everything yeah 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 so good show check it out so what's everyone been up to lately um any anything exciting playing anything cool had any good pickups lately not everyone at once (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i've been i'm I'm sorry i've been in a little bit of a gaming rut i think i haven't really been playing anything uh been trying to work on some music related endeavors but that's always slow going for me but uh awesome n- not much gaming wise going on which is un- unusual for me well any endeavor's a good endeavor so sure. uh you know keep plugging away at that uh i'm sure sean can help you write a song i've heard his guitar skills <laughs> gently strumming in the background <laughs> and um you know if you're um I don't know if I get more excited about you picking up games, Stephen, or when you sell games. And I think sure, I speak for yeah, Sean as well. A lot of people were excited the last time I sold games. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, make sure that uh, the three of us are in the know and give us a little sneak preview before you do it again. Uh, I definitely picked up some cool games from you uh, on your last sale, so that was awesome. Sure. How about you, Floyd? You said you said you, were, uh, you started to talk there. What have you been up to? 
Yeah, I got a special little package from you. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. A little while ago, we worked out a deal for uh, Shenmue. Yep. Which, um, yeah, no, it's one of the uh, hot talked about games right now because it's getting a, you know, a third uh, entry in the series, mm-hmm. and um, you know, this might come up as a as a possible playthrough game. Yep. And um, a little while ago, I picked up the collector's edition of um, uh, Odin's Fear. Oh wow! HD, whatever. It's got some weird name. Is that for PS4 or? Yes. Okay. Okay. How is it? Have you tried it out yet? Not yet. But um, you know, if they if they you know only updated the visuals and and um, you know didn't change too much, I think I'll be happy. Oh, cool, cool, awesome. How about you, Sean? What have you been up to besides going to extra inning baseball games? Yeah, so I was just telling you guys, I went to. Uh... A uh, rain delayed and extra innings ball game last night, so I'm a little tired. But I've been playing a uh, Dragon Age Inquisition oh, wow. on okay. the uh, Xbox 360, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as pickups, I I've grabbed a couple more uh, Super Famicom games. I got Dragon Quest VI recently, okay, cool. which looks really good. Actually, I, I mm-hmm. fired it up to test it and got like almost got sucked into playing it because it was like it had a really strong opening. So, mm-hmm. looking forward to maybe checking that one out someday. But yeah, that's what I'm up to. Dragon Quest, uh, or I mean, Dragon Age uh, is obviously a, a, a really deep game. So I'm just pouring a lot of hours into that. So very cool. And uh, as far as the Super Family pickups, it seems like the the four of us is you know since we've had our retrons, we've been picking up a quite a bit of uh, Super Family RPGs. And uh, I think I mentioned this to you guys. We did our side quest for uh, side quest side cast for E uh, three, and I think it'd be kind of cool if. Um, you know, maybe we uh, played out maybe some RPGs over, you know, several months, not like over one month or whatever, but, uh, and then uh, maybe talked about them or whatever. We'd have to slow Steven down a bit in order to do that, but. Uh, <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I need a, I need an excuse to uh, play all these Super Famicom games I bought, because I, since I bought the Retron, I think I've played one Super Famicom RPG, and it was mm-hmm. a game called Monstania, and okay. it, wasn't very good <laughs> so, okay <laughs> i mean out of all the good rpgs on the system that's the game i chose to play so, yeah. so uh, i really want to play one of the better ones soon yeah we hooked us up with the patches and uh right yeah and then uh you know we can uh, translate those to english so that'll be nice um and speaking of i just picked up um uh terra enigma which uh we'll talk a little bit about today with our game and right. uh tales of fantasia um never played a tales game i've heard this one's pretty good, and uh, just trying to build up that Super Family library um, and do that. Um, otherwise, um, I actually checked out a, uh, a new flea market. It's about, my buddy and I went, it's about 45 minutes away, picked up some good stuff. There's a big video game booth there, but the guy's prices are, it, it, it's the kind of guy that sells like every Game Boy game for 10 bucks and acts like he knows the price of everything and everything's rare and that sort of thing. So that was a bit annoying for my buddy who collects Game Boy uh, primarily. But I, I picked up some good stuff from him. I, I got Wild Arms at a good price. And uh, um, I actually picked up a copy of Lilo and Stitch on the Game Boy Advance. Do you guys know about this? No. Is, is that notable for, for some reason? Well, um, 
I'm a member of the uh, Cartridge Club, and so I, you know, with some of those guys, I talk back and forth, and um, the guys that do the NARC podcast also had uh, mentioned Lilo and Stitch. It's on Game Boy Advance. It's a it's a cheap title, you know. You, I got it for I think two or three bucks. Uh, it's actually a Contra like shooter, if you can believe that. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and so it's worth picking up if you come across it. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you might be at a flea market or at some store where they're just selling kids' games really cheap, as they usually do in like a value bin. Um, so if you find Lilo and Stitch, and there's actually a Lilo and Stitch 2, and I understand it's sort of the same type of game, uh, pick it up, but it's sort of like a running gun. Um, it reminds me a little of Contra, a little of uh, Gunstar Heroes if you will as well so worth checking out um that, that is i love when that kind of stuff happens uh when you find out what you would assume to be just a crummy license game uh-huh. uh is is a little bit of a hidden gem there's a, a kim possible game on the ps2 Got that it. is kind of known for yeah yep <laughs> that, that's a great game too it is so. a really good game I, I love when that kind of stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. Just a, a title you think it's cartoony, it's not going to be great, it's a kid's game, and then you find out, wow, this is a pretty pretty neat game. Um, you know, um, I love finding those types of things. Um, I picked up a Tesla Grad today. Do you guys know this game? Familiar with it? Yeah, I didn't know um, I didn't know it got a physical release. It did. I thought it was all like Steam and, you know, like digital only. No, it got a PS3 and PS4 release, so I found a uh, I found a copy in a GameStop uh, a few weeks ago, and I saw it, and I was like, I just saw the cover, you know, and um, and the title interested me, so I looked at it, and um, I put it like in this little notebook I have on my phone, and um, took it and um, watched a video on it, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. So it's a uh, like a 2D platformer, right, Floyd? I think his, I think so. Yeah, I think um, hand drawn pulls a lot of uh, rep, or a lot of influence from uh, Metroid. Yeah, um, there's some like um, Metroidvania tactics, like some backtracking and stuff, and you're in this sort of castle, um, but you don't have any weapons or anything. Basically, you have this glove, and um, you can manipulate like magnetism, and um, you know it's sort of like a, a puzzle game. Um, it, it's not oh, like a fighting cool, game. Like- what do they call it, like a physics puzzle platform or whatever? Yeah, yeah, something like that. It reminds me a little bit of like Limbo um, in a way. So um, interested to check this out. Um, and uh, I picked up an Atari cart today, um, Shark Attack, which is uh, which I had, but uh, this was a variant. Um, and I, I haven't been picking up many Atari games because there's not... Much left that I can pick up that won't cost me an arm and a leg, so I was happy to get that. And other than the wife and I uh, working on sort of a, uh, I guess I told you guys that we're trying to do a horror marathon. We're trying to watch like 31 films before Halloween and do like a uh, like a husband wife sort of little mini podcast on each one after we watch it. Um, and so we're uh, been grabbing a lot of horror films for cheap and. Uh, working toward toward that and uh you know something fun for the wife and i to do although she hates horror i don't know how do your <laughs> how does your wife feel about horror sean does she like horror films or do you like yeah, horror films? she does we we've always watched them together i that that's kind of strange that your wife doesn't like them and you i know make her watch them well, that's like my wife making me play jaws games or something <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny like one of the first dates we went on we watched a horror movie at her house together she picked it out and uh it, she has like a love hate 
sort of relationship. They scared the crap out of her when she was a kid, but now she kind of gets the, um, I guess when you get older, you sort of see the humor in these things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that she's gotten to that point and she does just doesn't want to admit that she enjoys them, but um, I think she really does. So uh, it should be a fun time for us. And we're kind of doing a round robin pick where we can, uh, you know, she gets to pick some, I get to pick some and that sort of thing. So it'll be cool. So, uh, you know, be on the lookout for that. Um, but anyway, that's it. Cool. So are we ready to start talking about our game for this month? Absolutely. If we All must. Right. <laughs> it's what the fans want. That's the whole point. Uh, this is a good one. Yeah. yeah take it away, Steve. Um, yeah. So this month uh, for our community playthrough, I chose Illusion of Gaia for the Super Nintendo. And uh, this is a game that I remember fondly from my childhood. And I guess for the last few years, I felt like this game was going to be a little bit underappreciated. Um, I mean, it has its share of fans, but it doesn't get talked about quite as much as um, a lot of the top games for the system. So I think what I tried to do this month was uh, kind of similar to what, what you tried to do, Rich, with uh, Medieval. Um, okay. Just trying to expose more people to this game that we yeah. uh, remember from when we were younger. And, uh, yeah, we had a pretty good turnout. Um, I think so, good, yeah. Good discussion on the uh, forums. Um, our participants this month, uh, of course, we had myself and you three guys, uh, Rich, Sean, and Floyd. And joining us on the forums, we had Addicted, Causey, Dougley007, Raidu, and Untrod Tripod. Mm-hmm. So thanks, everybody, who participated this month. Um before we really dive into the game, uh, Raidu on the forums posted and asked us to uh, sort of briefly talk about our uh, histories and experiences with um, Super Nintendo RPGs. Um, because as he puts it, um, Illusion of Gaia is a bit of an odd duck, uh, mm-hmm. whatever that means. <laughs> but uh, but no, I think I would, I would agree with that. It's kind of a, a unique game uh, compared to a lot of these other uh, Super Nintendo RPGs. So... Uh, Anybody want to want to go first on that? Yeah, who wants to start out this loaded question? <laughs> well, I probably have the shortest answers if you, if you don't mind. I'll sure. go first. Um, yeah, so I, I was like never into RPGs, so I I, I don't uh, I don't have any nostalgia for them because I never played them when I was a kid. I only got into them like, gosh, it must be like six or seven years ago now. Okay. And but when I did, I you know realized what I was missing out on and, and kind of jumped head first into everything. So my history is basically like kind of trying to do the homework of like, uh, you know, playing Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy four and six and all these, you know, uh, all the like must haves and the must plays of the of the Super Nintendo. So it's it's really brief. I I can't even I I actually read uh, Raidu's question as I'm sitting here at my desk ready to record. I wish I had a second to go and look at my shelf. But (laughs) I think the same thing, man. I'm looking (laughs) at it right now. I'm stretching my neck (laughs) trying to look at. (laughs) But yeah, I uh, uh, you know, my my history is is like kind of brief, but I I hit it head on and and tried to play all the all the ones that you're, you know, quote unquote, supposed to or Mm -hmm. the must plays one with the exception of Earth Earthbound. I haven't haven't tackled that one yet, Mm -hmm. but. You know, I, that's uh, it. It just was something that uh, I wasn't. I'm not nostalgic for because I didn't grow up with it. So boring answer. I figured I'd get mine out of the way there. Yeah. Sure. All right. Anybody else want to go? Sure. Um, for knows. me, like 
<laughs> yeah, my, my cat's back. Um, let's see. So it's not really an RPG, but uh, if it, you know, sort of SNES era, um, my 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 history with uh, with this sort of genre, and it, and it relates to the game that we played this month. Um, like, I would say my first closest thing to an RPG would have been uh, Link to the Past. Um, okay. And so that was something that I would always go over to a friend's house and we'd play that together. Um, and then I really didn't get into the genre until sort of the PlayStation era, more so PlayStation 2 era. And then now, like um, like Sean, I'm sort of going back and, and filling in these gaps in, in, uh, in my history. Cool. Cool. Um, as far as Super Nintendo goes... Um I played. I probably played more RPGs on the Nintendo than the Super Nintendo, and probably the reason being is I was pretty much a late adopter to the Super Nintendo, um, as I am with most systems yeah. these days. Right? Old habits die hard, huh? <laughs> uh, so I mean, well, if it was my parents weren't very supportive of gaming, um, and if sure. I wanted a game system, I, I pretty much had to buy it myself. And as far as games were concerned, it was, you know, birthdays and Christmas. Um, so um, I was a late adopter of that. Um, my roommate in college, this was, uh, let's see, fall of uh, 95, um, we had a Super Nintendo. Um, and um, Legend of Zelda, of course, we played. Um, I actually got into Breath of Fire um, and played that one. Uh, didn't finish it. Uh, but for whatever reason, uh, when it came out, we purchased Chrono Trigger. I have no idea why we bought Chrono Trigger uh, for Super Nintendo. We had just heard good things about it, and uh, luckily, you know, that was the uh, probably the main RPG I played. Um, my my roommate was more in sort of dude bro games, like sports games, um, and then fighting games were really big at the time. Like I remember us buying Killer Instinct um, and playing a lot of Street Fighter. Um, and then the, um, the PlayStation came out, um, we, and we ended up getting a PlayStation within, you know, a few months of, uh, of, um, of, um, you know, being in college, we ended up with the PlayStation. And so we kind of moved on to that and I started playing more games like Final Fantasy VII, um, and, um, you know, other such RPGs at the time and probably played a lot more RPGs on the PlayStation than I did the Super Nintendo. So I've got a lot, a lot of, uh, backlog to go back and, uh, take care of. So that's sort of my history. Okay, cool. So I guess as for me, um, I started out very young playing Super Nintendo RPGs. Um, a, f- a friend of mine who, uh, is 10 years older than I am. I've mentioned him several times on the show before he used to be my neighbor growing up and he was really into RPGs. And I remember watching him play, um, Final Fantasy four and six or uh, as it's known in North America on the Super Nintendo two and three um, and probably when I was around seven years old just on a whim I put in Final Fantasy six and um, just got really into it and that's kind of where my start with RPGs um, started um, so from there I played uh, Final Fantasy four as well and at some point I got Secret of Mana and played a ton of that and mm-hmm. um uh, I think I must have been eight years old when I got a, I rented Chrono Trigger, um, oh. which is my you know all time favorite game. I've mentioned that a bunch of times before, and uh, I ended up getting that game for my ninth birthday. 
So that's my best birthday present I ever got. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I've, also, I've back in the day, I also played um, Super Mario RPG. I I know I owned Breath of Fire too, but I I didn't. I don't think I really liked that game as much. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I played a few others, but uh, in more recent years, I've um, played Breath of Fire, and we also played Secret of Evermore for the uh, playthrough uh, yep. about a year ago. So um, I haven't played everything, but um, I've played you know a good number of Super Nintendo RPGs, and um, RPGs being my uh, one of, if not my favorite genre of games. That's uh, deeply rooted in the Super Nintendo for me. Yeah. And one of the good things about Super Nintendo RPGs, it's such a, um, it's such a huge jump from you know from what you were used to, um, as far as um, Nintendo. You know, I mean, yeah. huge yeah. jump um, as far graphically uh, and what what could be done at the time. So it was, it's one of the best systems for RPGs, especially with the earlier systems. Um, Genesis has a few okay. And, and, and some good RPGs. I love Shining mm-hmm. Force, of course, but I, I don't think it compares um, to the Super Nintendo. I think Nintendo was where it was really at when it came to RPGs for the time. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, All right, so that's our, just our histories with Super Nintendo RPGs. Now to get into Illusion of Gaia, it was... Uh, Known as Illusion of Time in Europe and Australia, um, developed by Quintet and published by Enix in Japan. And I think Enix and Quintet had a close working relationship because I know most, if not all, of uh, Quintet's games were published by Enix. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Illusion of Gaia was published by Nintendo in North America and it came out in uh, 1994. And uh, the game being published by Nintendo um, is responsible for some of the changes um, in the localization process, which we'll probably touch on a little bit later. Um, The game is set in a partially historical but mostly fantasy-based version of Earth. So I guess it's mostly a fantasy world, but you do see some real-life locations. Um, We'll we'll talk about some of the places we visit, but they'll include... uh, you know, the, the pyramids and the Great Wall of China and places like that. And Illusion of Gaia is actually the second game in a loose trilogy of games made by Quintet. Um, the first being Soul Blazer, second, of course, being Illusion of Gaia, and the third being uh, Terra Enigma, which we mentioned earlier. And Terra Enigma actually never came out in North America, but it was actually released in uh, Japan and Europe. Just uh, they never never brought it to North America for some reason. But uh, these games aren't really that closely related. There's just very light references, um, not not uh, not much tying them together really. But have any of you guys played um, Soul Blazer or Terra Enigma? Out of curiosity. No, I haven't played any of those. I mean, I see Soul Blazer mm-hmm. quite often. It's a fairly cheap title for an RPG. Seems like. Maybe. Yeah, I haven't played them mm-hmm. either. So. I haven't played them, but uh, but I want to. I mean, you know, sort of. Uh, it's um, it's always been like this trilogy has been something that's that I've wanted to tackle. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know for some reason I really like it when games are sort of like these are all loosely related. Yeah, like it makes you don't, it feel right, a little more special. Direct sequels yeah, like you don't have to play story. the first game to appreciate the second. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I played Soul Blazer a little bit. I think I put a few hours into it um, some years back, and it's it's actually quite different than uh, Illusion of Gaia. I think Terra Enigma is much more similar to Illusion of Gaia, but uh, 
Soulwazer is kind of its own little thing. But um, I guess we can start talking about the story. Um, any of you guys want to kind of give us a brief overview of the story? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely on. not it. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's it's maybe we can work outline. together on this one. Um, <laughs> just read right it off the you. <laughs> you can play your guitar yeah, while you read it. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Okay. Will accompanies what you play your player characters will um, and you you accompany your father on an expedition to the Tower of Babel. Um, when you're out there, you're met with a mysterious disaster. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> so the the next thing is Will somehow makes it back to his hometown of South Cape, but doesn't remember how. And this is a recurring theme in the game because I feel like almost every set piece that you get into is Will ends up somewhere, but doesn't remember how. Sure. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, you, uh, the beginning of the game sets up the characters, uh, which is Will and his friends Lance, Eric, and Seth in, in a school. In school, and you um, kind of start exploring the main town. And on the on the roof or behind one of the buildings is your first dark space, which is also your safe space where you meet uh, Gaia, um, and she's going to tell you that you must leave your hometown and save the world from an from an upcoming evil or a coming evil um and then you are imprisoned by king edward um and then you end up uh, escaping with the help of kara who is the princess and then uh, <laughs> there's that's when the story gets really messed up um <laughs> There's like a dandelion uh, seed. It follows yeah. you around. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually you find out, uh, I mean, the main uh, problem here is that there is a comet approaching the earth. And in order to stop it, somehow you must collect these six statues. And that's kind of the, you know, the, the MacGuffin in the game. You have to get statues as you go through. So why do you have um, to get statues? <laughs> Is that ever I explained? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't say? know. I, at, at the end of the game, he just sort of absorbs them, and I think that gives him the power. Ah, uh, that's true. But, that's uh, true. Yeah, yep. I, I think yep. throughout the course of the game, it doesn't really tell you why. You just kind of, you're just like, mm -hmm. okay, I got to go get those statues now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I just fell into this black hole. There's this, um, <laughs> there's this Giger drawing that wants <laughs> to save my game. I mean, it's kind of freaky, you know. It's like, okay, I'm just gonna do what this thing says, you know, and stop yeah, this comic. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up here, but uh, yeah, addicted on the forum, he had a kind of a funny little post early on in the thread that says, uh, "Within oh, the yeah, first thirty minutes, you find out your dad is now a flute. You are the chosen one, and only you can visit the dark space." The main character just accepts this with no emotion. No. So that kind of no, that's pretty much it. Yeah. No, no question of dark powers in this game. <laughs> <laughs> just embrace that's right yeah uh, kind of bizarre and uh i don't i don't think the story gets any less bizarre as you go through it no no it doesn't it uh it almost uh yeah the story moves very fast and mm -hmm. not really a ton of like plot development um mm -hmm. it, it i don't know if you guys feel the same way i kind of feel like they kind of designed this game with some of the uh more like set pieces and environments in mind and then just sort of stuck a story in there to make it work to tie it all together 
Yeah, uh, kind of feels I like think, an afterthought. I think you could be right about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's such mm-hmm. an, it's easy, it's even such like a hodgepodge of mm-hmm. of places too. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, how you you know even tie a story to 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 any of that? It's it's very bizarre. You know, it's a mishmash of you know, like you said, you know, in the beginning, um, in the intro, like historical, and you know, some are historical, some are fantasy based, and. You know, some things and events are kind of loosely based on history, and you mm-hmm. know, some have nothing to do with history. Sometimes you're just uh, in a land of mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, some of, one of the good things about this game is that they make as as hard as the story is to follow. They they don't make it hard to at least try because the presentation of the game is such that. Um, the narration, uh, each character's text is color coded, mm-hmm. and I think uh, one of us either texted or commented on the thread how how useful and helpful that was. Uh, I didn't so notice that, it. I didn't notice it, and someone pointed it out, and I was like, "Yeah, that's oh, pretty okay. brilliant." Yeah, the, yeah. Everyone's the dialogue like, flows yeah. a lot better. Yeah, yeah. You always know who's talking because I mean, and the people like at least your sort of four party members if you can even call them that right, <laughs> right. Um, good point you know because they kind of just follow you around they don't go into dungeons with you <laughs> um but yeah whenever whenever you're in um like a dialogue uh phase it's sort of like everybody's speech bubble is like color-coded to their hair or their clothing mm-hmm. right so that's that's why i never had a nation knowing who was uh who was talking yeah yeah uh, definitely a nice touch yeah mm-hmm. uh, uh, and I'm going to say this, and, and some of you may not agree, but I kind of feel like the story is the weakest part of this game. Um, I'm not saying it's bad, um, and, and it's not worth playing this game because the story's bad. I'm just saying it's very loose, and um, there's not like a lot of description. You don't you don't get told well, why you're is, thrown right? into this. No, I I, I agree with you. Yeah. It, the story kind of is the, uh, um, and maybe weak link is the wrong word to use but it's very like it, it feels like it's kind of slapped together right 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 it's sort of like well we're here and now we go there and right. why well because <laughs> right. you know, there's, don't ask questions we're just going <laughs> to the next place right and and um, i i kind of feel like some some other things that we're going to talk about i know soon are are so good that it sort of doesn't matter if if, right. if you know what i'm saying yeah. Um, yeah i think there's there's some things that this game does really well like um I don't know. We're probably going to get into this later, but like, you know, touches on to touches some pretty dark um, themes. You know, like Will's mm-hmm. Will's parents are gone, so and he he meets her like afterlife. Yeah, you know, yeah, spirit forms and uh-huh. uh, you know reconciles with that. Yeah, um, yeah. I was just thinking about the the themes because we shouldn't. Uh, I agree, Rich, that the the story is probably the weakest part of the game as a whole, but. This game touches on some things that are sure. kind of, I mean, I, I, at points I was like, wow, this is this is in this game, like, mm-hmm. uh, like slave labor, sure. and you know, uh, exactly, yeah. Uh, what was the? And other it's a one? big thing. It's not like that's not just in like one town. That is that mm-hmm. plays out throughout the game. Um, yeah, it's very. It's a. It's a. Theme, you're right. It's a theme of the whole game. The other thing I was thinking of was was the drinking game. There's actually a drinking game that <laughs> wow. you have to play, right. where you know you're you're drinking random cups, uh, taking turns with somebody, and 
one of the cups is poison and you actually, you know, win this game by having another guy die. So it's right. kind of crazy. Yeah. Fatal illness, you know, and it's a part of the game. And, you know, but with, did with you guys the, uh, read, um, just sort of going off on a tangent, did you guys read the, um, the Russian glass, um, the will left to will? Yes. Yeah. 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 That was a nice moment. Mm hmm. Yeah, guy knew he was going to die anyway. He had a fatal illness, mm -hmm. knew he was going to die. Um, and if you went and talked to him beforehand, I don't know if you guys did or not, but the uh, the wife was pregnant. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And she, she mentions that um, when you go talk to them before, before the, uh, the game. And mm -hmm. um, so he's, you know, played this game basically to collect all of these funds, um, you know, in order to leave behind a substantial enough amount for his family to, to live uh, after he's gone, you know, because he knows he's dying. So, yeah, it's kind of kind of deep for a for an RPG game. And like you said, there's these little hints, touches, and moments, um, you know, throughout the game, um, where it sort of makes you um, reflect a little bit on your own. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of the characters start off as like, you know, stereotypes or archetypes, and they really. Um, you know they really get more depth as you go like i think mm -hmm. we're, we'll definitely talk about you know the raft scene later yeah and uh you know we'll learn um you know uh will coming to terms with uh you know being an orphan and stuff like that mm -hmm. yeah yeah i know yeah you start the game and your parents are dead it's like a <laughs> disney movie did disney <laughs> make this <laughs> Yeah. I guess overall I'd, I'd agree with that assessment that the story is probably the, uh, the one of the weaker parts of the game uh, but I guess games at this time really weren't story heavy I mean I think some of the Final Fantasy games had you know more involved stories but uh, I guess gameplay was the focus here and uh, mm -hmm. I think they uh, th they did well with that so um, unless you guys have anything else you want to touch on with the story we, uh, we want to talk well about I kind of have a, okay, a bit sure. of a theory as to why it's you know really weird you know sort of disjointed story but we I don't know maybe I should save that for later I think you should save that for your final thoughts yeah because I have some yeah, thoughts sure. on the end of the story too Floyd but I really like what you I know where you're going because you okay. mentioned it on the thread and so yeah yeah so you definitely should save that to the end man that's mm -hmm. that's a really good um I, I really like that I thought that was a great idea you had agreed I I would just say as as crazy and and wacky and um, sometimes hard to follow as the story was mm -hmm. at least it wasn't dull like that's I'd rather true, have true. a yeah. kind of an off the wall story than like a boring one so at least there was that like even addicted said on the forum like i was hoping this story would go off the rails at the end and it totally did you know like so i i agree with that like sentiment of the craziness of the story mm -hmm. yeah and that that adds to the pacing as he said too right mm -hmm. so everything's just sort of like you know you're always moving on there's no like exposition dumps or anything it's always yeah. like steady pace from beginning to end mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i agree all right so as far as the gameplay goes, this is a uh, action RPG with hack and slash sort of elements. It it has a perspective of uh, like a Zelda game or like Secret of Mana or Secret of Evermore, but gameplay wise, it's more like a simplified Secret of Mana or Secret of Evermore. Um, but it kind of has that feel to it. Mm -hmm. um, throughout the game, Sean mentioned earlier that you find these uh, dark space places, which kind of serve as save points. And uh, you can also like refill your health there. Um, 
But one other thing you can do in the dark space areas is uh, transform. You can. Uh, there are two characters that you get to transform into. One being Frieden, who you can transform into pretty early in the game, and then Shadow, who you can transform into much later. Yeah, really at the end. Yeah, so at the like end. The last, yeah, very so last the last dungeon. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last, the last true level, I would say. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I thought the transforming aspect was cool. It's uh, something that I feel like is pretty unique to this game, um, mm-hmm. where I guess maybe some games have it where you would actually switch your people, and in this game you actually become these other characters. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's Frieden and Shadow are both stronger. They sort of have their own unique abilities, and uh, I think with more with Frieden, but probably Shadow too, their abilities kind of uh, play into like the puzzle elements as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, all the characters have a certain, certain abilities they get access to. Um, so Will can, uh, he gets like this sort of charge attack, which I didn't use very much. Uh, he gets a slide, which I end up using a lot more. Well, I see a lot of people using that. Yeah. Yeah. I used it a lot for combat cause I was already running anyway from, you know, one area to another. So if there was an enemy, I just slide into them and it was actually a very effective attack, but yeah, because you, you, you don't you you actually get a little bit of a break when you slide into them. It's not like you pop up, yeah, and if you don't yeah. kill them, then they automatically hit you. You get a yeah. little bit of a reprieve, so you can actually attack in between that after you hit them. So, you know, you, you kind of charge them with a strong attack. And I think I I know where I saw this now. It was watching your gameplay videos that you put up. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah. You put some up on YouTube for us. Yeah, but uh, I uploaded a video of myself playing through the uh, the pyramid. Uh, no, sorry, the uh, Great Wall of China. Great Wall of China, yeah. Um, Great Wall of China dungeon in the game. And, uh, yeah, I, I I went back and watched it, too, and I noticed I used the slide a lot as a as an attack. But you can also use it to uh, access certain areas. There um, might be sort of holes in the walls that you can slide through, and that gives uh, that less will access places that the other characters can't access because mm-hmm. they, they, yep. they're too large or they don't have the slide attack or whatever. But, mm-hmm. uh uh, Frieden gets a couple of unique abilities. He can uh, throw a fireball. Yeah, which is nice for puzzles because you have yeah. to. There's some things that you have to hit from from a distance uh, in order to activate, like a switch, or even to like clear a level. Sometimes mm-hmm. clear all the enemies off of the level. Yeah, yeah, because sometimes you'll have to uh, kill all the enemies so like a wall or a barrier will disappear. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the fireball is very effective for that. Shadow has a unique thing where he can uh, sort of turn into a puddle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a good way to dodge attacks, and, and in the pyramid, it, uh, you actually use that to get some of the lower levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also one thing that all three characters can do, and that is there's like a, if you press the L or R buttons, you sort of do this like absorb thing. Mm-hmm. They can pull objects towards you, and with Will, it's he spins his flute um, around, which I guess sort of makes like a whirlwind thing, but yeah, you can pull. Well, that's kind of his uh, telekinesis, right? Mm-hmm. They talk about yeah. that early in the game yeah. when you hang like out with special, your buddies. His special powers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this one time at band camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God! I spun my flute around and I moved some statues. <laughs> <laughs> and you do that for a bit of a puzzle solving too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes you have to pull the statues in in certain places and. Uh, pressure switches or whatever but uh yeah mm-hmm. very important mm-hmm. part of the game oh and it can also be used to um block projectiles which i don't think i realized until kind of late in the game 
but uh, yeah, yeah, it's something you can do as well. Um, there's you have items in the game, but there's not a ton. Uh, most of the items you get are actually um, sort of story or puzzle related. Mm-hmm. But there are herbs in the game, and I think somebody on the forum looked it up, and there's only twelve herbs in the game total, <laughs> and those are the only items you get to uh, heal yourself. Yeah, besides uh, the dark space when you go into that. Yeah, yeah, you can heal in the dark space as well. So a l- little stingy with the healing items, but uh, well, the game's pretty good about having a dark space very yeah, close to I, the final battles a mm-hmm. lot of times. So yeah, I mean, I never there's that. I didn't really run out of herbs until maybe the very end, like on the final boss or something. But uh, so I didn't really have a, a problem with that. But uh, it yeah, twelve. When you think about an entire game and you only get twelve healing items, and that's if you actually find them all. That mm-hmm. um, seems pretty light. But you also have uh red gems which uh Mm -hmm. as somebody mentioned can uh can clog up your inventory pretty fast but uh Mm -hmm. but we we found out you can use them in your inventory and that that actually transports them to the uh the the jeweler guy who yeah i think i figured that out accidentally (laughs) and i was like oh no i've did i lose that but no me too same thing happened to me because i I didn't have Mm. the you know the guide so uh um you know, I I had no idea. But I think one thing that you brought up, and I, I just wanted to, to briefly talk about this before I forget, like, you're talking about items. It's probably important to note that, like, with a lot of RPGs, there are always, like, item shops and things like that where you could buy yeah. stuff and there's currency. Right. This game yeah. has no currency. That's right. No currency, no shops, Mm-mm. right? Mm-mm. Nope. Nothing like so that. So there's no, no different weapons or armor to equip. There's no items you can buy. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very light in that department. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no currency at all, uh, unless you count the uh, the red jewels, which yeah, it, it, it's not really the same thing. But throughout mm-hmm. the game, you find these little hidden red jewels. There are fifty total, mm-hmm. and uh, they're pretty well hidden. Like you, you can't actually see them in the environment. You just kind of have to inspect, search, yep. yeah, various mm-hmm. things in the environment, and hope you find them. And or do little quests. Like um, yeah. I know in the in the one town. Uh, What's the, what's your cousin's name in the game? I can't remember his Neil. name in the game. Neil. Yeah. In, in Neil's town, there's a girl that like you have to keep bringing apples to. Yeah, yeah you I, have to I, do I that so many times. Her, um, I gave up on that. I had brought her one apple, and I was like, "Well, she just wants another one. I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm not gonna." Yeah, keep, keep I her. did the same thing. You have to do it like five <laughs> times, yeah. and I just oh boy, I did it like four no. times. I was like, "Forget it," and I came back to the town <laughs> later. Um, because that, that's one of the things you can't do in this game, I guess we should mention, is you can't backtrack that's in right. this game, which stinks. Until uh, toward well, the end of it, you can go back and far. forth. Yeah. Or you can backtrack a little bit, like one or two towns, but that's about uh, it. Well, no, that's only at the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it also depends on where you are, too. That, that's only at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, so if you miss a gem, uh, you can't go back and get it, which, right. you know, that, that, that kind of stinks. So it makes uh, it that, very difficult to... Um, collect all 50 but uh mm-hmm. yeah you can turn these gems into the uh the jeweler guy who's located in most of the towns and uh you get various rewards for hitting certain mm-hmm. uh milestones with your gem collecting so i think uh the first one he gives you an herb and um he'll give you like a strength upgrade a defense upgrade a life upgrade and certain upgrades to your powers but uh um which i guess we should talk about the uh the, the leveling system mm-hmm which is uh, this game doesn't have experience points like typical RPGs. It uh, instead there's no experience points. There's no levels. Instead, um, in every dungeon, 
um, in every room, when you clear out in all the enemies in the room, you gain a, a, like a plus one bonus, permanent plus one bonus to either your strength, defense, or your life. Right. And that's that's how leveling works in this game. And uh, it's something I feel is pretty unique to this game. I can't think of another game that does something exactly like this. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I feel like I like the system. It has, it's like a very... Um, kind of like an instant gratification kind of thing mm-hmm. whereas you know in uh in other rpgs you'll have to uh kill a ton of enemies to gain a lot of experience and then you'll gain a level which gives you a certain amount of stat bonuses whereas in this game you just clear out one one room and you know that's that's an increase in your strength or an increase in your life and it feels it, i guess tangible to me for lack of a better word like i can i really notice the benefits like when i every yeah time it gives every up. yeah i think what you're what you're trying to say is it gives every upgrade like value yeah mm-hmm. like it feels significant mm-hmm. um, it gives killing enemies a purpose as well too you're, that's right yeah and, and once you clear a room those enemies don't come back so you can't continue to get upgrades but at the same right. time when you go back to an air area you don't have to fight through those enemies again and go through it which is mm-hmm. which is a really nice plus yeah, enemies Definitely. don't respawn. They will respawn if you leave the dungeon and come back, um, but that you still you won't be able to like get another stat bonus. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, as long as you stay remain in the dungeon, then yeah, the enemies will not respawn. Mm-hmm. So, what we were talking about before with the jewels, if you collect all fifty and talk to the jeweler guy in the game, you can uh, gain he's got a, a secret. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a secret to tell you, and that secret is uh, he's going to warp you to a the i guess what is usually considered the most difficult dungeon in the game and uh mm-hmm. and then you have to fight a uh a, a boss by the name of solid arm um and it's supposed, supposed to be a very difficult boss fight i've never actually done this myself because i mean it's so so difficult to collect all 50 jewels but uh yeah it's apparently a pretty difficult boss fight and and the reward for doing all this is absolutely nothing you get you get <laughs> nothing for uh for completing the dungeon or beating the boss i'm assuming no one did this i didn't i, I didn't think any of of you us, guys no. Would. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I would have um because i i like doing additional stuff like this but uh-huh. Um, quite honestly, after I had started the game, uh, I didn't know about it, and sure, then I, I yeah. found out about it, and uh, I was like, "Well, I can't go back and get those jewels, so I've already, you know, I'm already yeah. like past the first guess, checkpoint or whatever, so I'm not going to go back and restart." Yeah, um, I guess I should have uh, put some kind of disclaimer in the uh, in the thread because I know Dougley 007 kind of posted something similar about wanting to go back and get the jewels, but, uh, but yeah, I didn't I didn't think anybody would would do it honestly. Yeah. Um, one interesting thing about the solid arm boss is he's actually a uh, a boss from Soul, Soul Blazer. Blazer. Yeah, yep. I read that. Yeah. So I guess it's funny. I, I watched a video on this and the dialogue for fighting solid arm. He says something about how he's the one who manipulated the uh, yep. the labor trade and started <laughs> all that. Um, I guess I guess all the laborers are supposed to be mining for the gems or something because. Uh, all 50 gems being gathered are what would release him back into the world or something. Um, it's it's more craziness that you know what you'd expect from this game. But uh. <laughs> like you said, I mean the the reward for beating him is is nothing. It it reminds me of uh, Super Mario RPG. You remember that? There's like a secret boss. Uh, did, you, did any of you guys do that when we played Super Mario RPG? 
Wasn't it like a Final Fantasy boss too? I think you're right. I, I know yeah, about yeah. it, but I, I definitely didn't do it. I, yeah. th- I, th- I, I know what you're talking about, though. and I, I don't think I uh, I went for that. Yeah, I did actually beat it when we, we played that game, and it was the hardest boss in the game for sure. Uh, but, you know, it was just kind of neat. I kind of like extra stuff like that. It's kind of nice, you know, to have an option, you know, something to figure out. And, you know, um, I, I guess it gives it a little bit of replay value, right? And, sure, you know, yeah. trying to find all the gems. If you play through it one time, you're like, oh, I didn't get all those gems. You know, maybe it gives it a little bit of uh, incentive to go back and play it again. Yeah, actually, uh, I don't remember if I did that with Super Mario RPG. I want to say I didn't, but uh, it's definitely something to... Th- keep in mind if I ever play that game again, which I'm sure I will mm-hmm. sooner or later. It's one of my favorites. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I also want to talk about some of the uh, more story-like moments in the game. Some of the pensive RPG moments, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Floyd kind of, or somebody on the call alluded to the uh, drifting on the raft uh, as being kind of an important uh, one of the more like story-driven moments in the game. Cause, and uh the raft, well, I guess what the raft scene is, is you're just kind of stranded on a raft, and it's Will and Kara, and they're out there on the sea for like, I don't know, is it like a month or something? I forget how long it is. a few months, I it's think. Like three it's weeks. Or, no, maybe it's longer. Yeah, maybe. It's, they, they're, it's in, they're stuck in the cave for like a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's one of the few places I feel like we see some character development. Uh, you know, Kara is... Uh, she, kind of starts becoming a little less bratty um, during this scene and grows up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's a princess. Yeah, no she's a princess. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was, this is a scene that, um, even when I played this game as a kid, this is a scene that really stuck with me for some reason. It's just, it's one of the few things I really remembered about this game. And it's interesting because not, nothing really happens like gameplay wise it's just it's all Mm -hmm. story but i think it's just such an interesting uh part of the game um yeah i think what what makes it interesting uh is that it it's one of those things like it's 16 bit but it does a really good job of conveying that kind of you know it's one of the it's like one of those innate fears everybody has being lost at sea Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's it's a really basic human emotion and especially when the sharks start circling the raft but um i i i got the sense like wow that would be scary like Mm -hmm. uh, or and like the companionship well at least they have each other kind of thing there's like these really basic human uh emotions going on in the in this scene and i think that's why you know, even before it was commented on, um, I was thinking, wow, like, th- this is really cool that this is in here. And then, of course, going to the forum, it's like everybody was, everybody kind of honed in on it as being a special moment. And so mm-hmm. These 16 bits are giving me the feels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, were there any others uh, that you guys can think of? Uh, scenes kind of like this. That's the only one that really comes to mind for me. But, uh, there was the cave too. You're cave, doing that cave yeah. for like three uh-huh. months or something. Okay. Yeah. Eating mushrooms. Um, what about? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You uh, the the labor traders. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Sure. Um, the native what, village. There's the, the native uh, village. That's another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another good moment. And uh, how about um, in in Mu when you learn about uh, uh, what happened to to Mu? You guys don't remember. 
What happened to Moo? No. I, I, what I, what I remember about Moo is I hated that level. That was my least favorite. Oh, that was one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah I always. Um, oh, were they all? They were the ones that were all turned into demons, right? Yeah. Oh. Okay. okay. Yeah, now yeah, I remember. Yeah. I got a little confused with the jackal, which is another awesome scene. Ooh, that's that that's a cool scene, scene too. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you brought that one up because, yeah, the jackal, he, that's <laughs> sort of a weird story arc in this game because for the entire game you hear about this guy, the jackal, and, you know, his name keeps popping up throughout the game and then he, you finally see him at the end of the game and he just sort of combusts or something. She uh, <laughs> flute on that fool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so. well, the yeah, Stephen. I don't know if you did. You go into that room before the the scene because there's actually a dude in there who tells you yeah, the, yeah. the room's booby trap. Don't make any sound. So of course I played the flute first thing, <laughs> you know, just to see what would happen. <laughs> yeah, and it does like spray. You know, there's two statues that shoot fire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I did talk to that guy. I just, I guess the um as far as like this jackal thing in general it felt kind of unnecessary like it just he nothing really happened with him it was the whole a huge game. build yeah yeah, yeah. it's like, really weird right about, like where did he talk come about it the from whole what game. the hell is he doing and then you see him and he just he just dies you know and nothing right. really, there's mm-hmm. no fight there's not even a lot of dialogue uh you know but I thought that was yeah. kind of a weird little story arc. In yeah, the that game. was kind of yeah that arc was kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, it was. Um, but like he he's you think he's chasing you because you uh, kidnapped Kara, mm-hmm. and um, so you think that he's trying to bring her back to uh, to the castle. But it turns out that uh, Kara's parents, the king and queen, are um, pretty shady characters themselves, and and yep. he's um, yeah the jackals. Uh, well, he he's a mercenary, so he'll do anything to get paid. But um, yeah, that's a, like a bit of a minor twist. But definitely, mm-hmm. um, yeah, his kind of story is. You think it's going to be something interesting, but it turns out that it's not. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So one of the one of the set pieces that really made me squirm, uh, d- despite the fact that I even had it spoiled for me before I played the game, watching a review on YouTube was the part where hamlet like <laughs> who is hamlet is Kara's pet pig he commits porcicide yeah he <laughs> sacrifices himself so that you won't get eaten by the starving villagers who have resorted to cannibalism and it's uh i don't know like i can't i don't know i i have pets i'm a i'm an mm-hmm. animal lover like i don't know that kind of stuff just I don't want to sound like oversensitive or I wasn't offended. I don't care. Like it's just a super Nintendo game, but I don't know. Like again, just the, it made me squirm, made guess, me a little uncomfortable. If you, you if know? you're trying to <laughs> sympathize with Kara and put yourself in her shoes. Yeah. That'd be awful. If your parent, if your pet just jumped in a fire. You know? Yeah, Speak exactly. Yourself, I guess it's still uh, crapping and peeing all over my house. <laughs> well, you got to train love for my dog to jump into a fire. No, I'm kidding. I love my dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess that's that. I think you just nailed it on the head. That's exactly what I was, what I was yeah. probably identifying with. I, uh, I had a, and and the script again, even the dialogue, the the tra- translation in this game is pretty good. I mean, uh, it gets across what it needs to get get across, and there's definitely uh, some emotion in that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, his name's Hamlet. I mean, of course, there's the ham, but it's you know, it's the tragic hero, you know. Hamlet. Yeah, there's that. It's like his selfless moment, right? Right. I'm yeah. going to sacrifice so this, you know, this tribe can eat. 
Right. And I think um, one of your friends even says, to eat or not to eat? That is the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a little... There, there's there's a lot too of cheesy soon. moments too. too soon. <laughs> I'm still mourning. Animated pigs will do that to you. <laughs> Anything yeah. else with the story before we move on? <laughs> um, I, I think one of the abilities that we forgot to mention. Uh-huh. Um, was Will's spin ability, which oh, was yeah, yeah. sort of an aggravating mechanic. Yeah, yeah, that one's a that was a pain. It took me a while to learn that. Most it took of me the a time. little bit. You can watch it in my video. That's that the dungeon is the Great Wall of China is where you get that ability. You can see I'm kind of mm-hmm. fumbling with it a little bit, but uh, I had to look it up. I think I went. Yeah, through I it too couldn't quick. figure out how to do it. I had to it took me a read a minute guide. But, uh, yeah, it's it's necessary to uh, sort of get over ramps and things that you normally can't walk up. Uh huh. Um, and you get a similar, well, the the same mechanic for a, an ability with Frieden for like like this like semi like very short like a few second like shield, but I never used it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I didn't use that yeah. once. It seemed like I it couldn't lasted even figure for like it seemed like it lasted for like two seconds and then went yeah, away. Yeah. I didn't know if I was never doing it wrong that. or or not or what. But if that's the case, then it seemed pretty useless. Yeah. Oh, and it, Frieden yeah. also had the. Um, uh, the earthquake ability. If he, oh. he jumped off a platform, yeah, I used it once. Again, this one, I um, yeah, I think you, it once you only have puzzle. to use it once. Yeah, yeah it exactly. A little, little tacked on, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. No. I, I thought for the most part, though, like the abilities were really cool. Like, and they aided with the puzzle in the game. And mm-hmm. then, like, like you said, some of them were seemed kind of tacked on, and I wish they would have been used a little more in the game, you know, to figure out some of the puzzles. But if they would have been used a little more, I'd have probably gotten a lot more confused about what I needed to do next, you know, at the same time. So um, a bit of an overload or I, I don't know. I guess if they would have used them more consistently, I wouldn't have been as confused. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And also so. the abilities are good for kind of bringing some variety to the to the different characters you can control, which is always mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Um, so I just did want to mention that. You want to start talking about the um, the the various areas in the game, or you guys want to sure. keep talking about the story? Or... Areas yeah, let's talk do. about some dungeons and towns. So, yeah, I have, I have them all listed in the outline. I, you know, we don't have to talk about all of them, but if there's any that stand out to you guys as being your know, favorites or least favorites, and uh, I think it's worth talking about. Yeah, I I guess um, I'm trying to remember what the ink and ruins were like. I can't. It's, I can't remember. That's the one the where um, there's you're on the mountain cliffside and there's wind and there's that floor tile you have to stand on for like 15 seconds for oh. the door appears. And the big heads on the cliffside. <laughs> and I and I couldn't figure out that room and I think I was like texting you guys, what the hell do I do right here? And I was standing on the tile and I was like, oh, okay. That's the only part of the game I had to, to wait. look up like what to do because I'm like, okay, the tile's glowing. What do I do with it? And yeah. you just have to stand there for like 15 seconds or something. It's like a... A much longer period of time than it needs to be. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. My f- my favorite dungeon was the uh, Great Wall of China mm-hmm. because I actually I didn't have too much of a problem uh, just finding my way around, but I did get lost in a few of the dungeons. Not mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, oh, like this game sucks. I can't believe you know. I wasn't like frustrated, but there was mm-hmm. sometimes I just found myself. Okay, like where am I? What am I doing here? Like what's yeah. going on here? But 
for some reason, whatever, the, the Great Wall of China just kind of clicked with me and I just mm-hmm. kind of cruised through. Maybe it was an easier dungeon and I just, you know, got through it easier. But I just found myself kind of cruising through uh, the puzzles and the rooms and there's all different floors and, and rooms you can go in. And I was just kind of having a having a good time. Yeah, I think I think you bring up a good point. I don't think that that was any easier than any of the other dungeons. I, I think what it is is... <laughs> I, I could see myself, like, there were certain dungeons that I had an easier time with, and you guys were like, oh, wait till you get to this dungeon, this sucks, and I had an easy time with it. And then some of the other ones, like like Mew, who Floyd says, oh, I love that one, you know, I didn't have any problems with that one. I, I mean, I, that was, like, the most aggravating to me. I, I feel like, I, I guess, you know, sometimes you just have, like, kind of a good dungeon run that just kind of fell, you know, the right way if you will, yeah. like from exploring. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you wouldn't. Sometimes you would have a more difficult time with something that, you know, someone else might have an easier time with. It just just kind of how it plays out, how it kind of falls into your lap as you're playing through it. That's that's the best way I could describe it. Yeah, I think Sean says something like that in our text. Like I mentioned the the mountain temple being my least favorite, which is the uh the mushrooms? The mushroom place. Oh, I love the, that the one. That's like my kingdom. favorite. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I got really lost in that one and I I don't know if it's just because of how I kind of play these games. I sort of like usually systematically like clear it out and explore mm-hmm. and kind of do things in a certain sure. pattern so I don't get lost and I ex- end up exploring everything. But I just, I guess with the mountain temple, there were more like split paths and mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what it was. Well, I think because of the ramps, there's so yeah, many the, ramps oh, in yeah, there. Yeah, there's ramps that sort of, uh, you know, you'll jump across them and it'll take you to some other area on the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And then... Yeah, a lot of the rams would go to those like bouncy mushrooms. Yeah, they would take you to like a whole yeah. other side of the dungeon. Yeah. But even uh, and, and and you're and like you're a lot of it is you're kind of focused on trying to clear out areas too mm-hmm. and take out all the enemies. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes you kind of get lost in your thoughts of where these enemies are and stuff, and you lose kind of concentration as far as what your direction is on the map and where you're at. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I think you got it right there, right? Because you yeah, there. I mean, there's so much um, like. There's so much value, as yeah. we already said, in clearing out a yeah. room. So you can like put priority in that, and that's how you get lost in, yeah. in, um, in a dungeon. You, uh, yeah. you mentioned the map, which you press the start button, and it brings up like a map screen. But it's it's yeah. almost like it's not really a map. It doesn't really show you the layout of the dungeon. It's almost like the uh, map yeah, in the original Zelda. I call it a Zelda. radar, actually. Um, it's almost like the yeah. it reminds, reminds me of the map in the original Zelda, um, where it's just like a like a like a flat thing with and it just kind of shows you things but in this game you could see it'll show you like where the enemies were um you know if you were trying to clear them all out um but yeah it doesn't actually show you the layout of the dungeon so it's not really useful for um keeping you uh on track and helping you to not get lost but uh yeah i guess with the mountain temple yeah i got i just couldn't find my way through it um took a lot of trial and error and even after i completed the dungeon and uh, just needed to get out. I had a hard time finding my way out, you know, which is kind of a little, yeah. little frustrating. But uh, I, didn't, I didn't have too much trouble with it. But yeah, that was my least favorite. Yeah, that was one of the tougher ones to get out of. I I, I think um, for for me that one was sort of like it was sort of all the vines that you would grow were sort of centrally located yeah. on one board. So that was sort of like my center, and I would always come back to my center, and you know, and I figured it out from there, and then. You know, um, I, I don't know. Sometimes I can keep stuff like that in my head as far as direction and, you know, sort of where I'm at and where I need to be. And that was just one of the one of the cases there. I didn't have a lot of time with uh, a lot of trouble with it, but I did. 
have a lot of problems with Mew, as I mentioned, and I actually fought the vampire bosses. I, I fought them with uh, Will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that must have been yeah. tough. <laughs> that was tough, man, because I couldn't figure out how to get around that. I, I could not figure out how to. Um, yeah. Um, I think if free you just Dan. like back, if you backtrack like two or three screens, you can, uh, or two or three rooms, you can turn into free Dan. And I then... couldn't figure it out, man. I, I, I finally, I just had a save point. I just ended up hitting reset, and I was just like, you know, forget it. I'm just gonna go from here, and you know, just go as Will, and uh, you know, just just yeah, beat I it. I think the um. Like the direct path is to slide through a hole and that kind of gets you mm-hmm. right or very right. close to the boss. But if you, if you're mm-hmm. freed and you can't slide through the hole, but there's should be like a roundabout path that you can take to get. To yeah. It. There's a longer way you can yeah. kind of go around. Yeah. 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 Yep. See that, that boss, like, well, the few of these bosses gave me a real hard time, <laughs> uh, but definitely the vampires mm-hmm. yeah. uh, as well. We're, we're super tough. Uh, and yeah. then as Frieda, and I think it took me like two or three tries. Yeah, okay. um, um, took me a lot more than that. Will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I must have done it like at least ten times uh, as well. Oh, like wow. it's twenty I'm, for me, I'm, man. I, it took me a long time wow. to beat that with Will, because it because not only is the is the fight like difficult and annoying, but it's it's also on a timer. Yeah. yeah. See, whenever I have a timer in a game, I feel so pressured and so rushed. Like. Yeah. It, for me, it makes it so much more difficult. Yeah, it makes me make well, sillier mistakes. So with timers, with you, you gotta take uh, Krabby uh, his advice on a really old episode of the Collector Cast, which just ignore them, just completely ignore any timers in games, and just do what you gotta do. And uh, it's good advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Right. They, they it always it just give takes you enough the pressure time. off. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, guys. Any other like spots any like favorite areas uh, i mean i mentioned i loved uh the mountain temple and the pyramid might have been my favorite i, okay. I really loved the pyramid the pyramid uh, was really cool like i liked its design yeah but uh so like my my top my number one favorite would it would have to be uh moo but uh coming in at a really close second would be angkor wat I thought that oh, was wow. really fun. Oh, yeah, there we cool. go again. That was by far my least favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one was one of the more challenging ones for me. But Yeah, I'd agree with um, that. I found that one to be the most challenging from a uh, like a gameplay difficulty like enemy-wise exactly, um, yeah. Yeah. perspective. Uh, that but, was um, the one where I just found myself the most like getting lost mm-hmm. and like, oh, where do I go? And now yeah. I'm in this section with bushes and I don't even know where <laughs> oh, I can the, walk. Yeah, the bush like, section yeah. was annoying. Yeah, so th- that one was a, a bummer for me, but uh, I, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say something, but then the subject got changed. I forgot. All right, somebody else. You're going to talk about bushes? <laughs> yeah, I love bushes. <laughs> I, I think I, I enjoyed all the dungeons in the game, uh, except Mountain Temple being my least favorite. I, didn't, I guess uh-huh. I didn't hate it, but uh, yeah, that right. was kind of the low point of the game for me. But all the others, um, I, I liked pretty well. Oh, I was just going to agree with Rich about, or Floyd, about the, the pyramid being really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than the Great Wall, I liked the pyramid probably the second most because it threw the entire game's bag of tricks at you. And you right. had mm-hmm. to strategically use all three characters yeah. to get mm-hmm. through each of these Kind of use uh, all, of, all of your abilities too. Yeah. Right, right. The dungeon is d- divided into six sections where you have to pick pick these stone tablets uh, uh, mm-hmm. to to take to the main room, mm-hmm. and each one is is 
ch- challenging in a totally different way and you got to kind of go in and say, oh, okay, I need freedom here and go back out and switch, which would sound kind of tedious and not fun, but it, it actually, like, once you see what right. you have to do and, oh, I got to go switch and then I can do that and it's mm-hmm. kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that was, the pyramid was pretty awesome. I agree. It wasn't so much backtracking that it was annoying and, and the fact that you could clear out enemies and you just run back through real quick made it easily. Yeah. Made it and, easy And a little bit of a fast travel because each, at the end of each segment of the dungeon there was kind of like a portal, portal yeah. that took you to the main room again yeah, great so point. Wasn't, wasn't that bad at all one thing that was a little annoying but I think was sort of well done with the game too is um, and I noticed this you guys were talking about Angkor Wat um, was the fact that like you would kill all the enemies on the board and you're like oh my god there's one more left how do I get to that one and then you would have to go through like another area and yeah. come back yeah that happens a few times Mm-hmm. Yeah, happens quite a bit. In the I actually, game. Um, yeah, I remember that that does happen in one area, one of the outdoor areas in Angkor Wat. Yep. And I actually like mm-hmm. looked it up, and it's like, no, you have to like keep progressing. You'll come back around to kill that one mm-hmm. enemy. You're always afraid you're gonna miss something, right. though, and you're not gonna get that upgrade. Yeah. You're like, I, yeah. I'm gonna need to be strong to beat this game. You yeah. spent like an hour just looking for that mm-hmm. one enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there any places where you guys just kind of gave up, like trying to kill all the enemies in an area? There was one for me. I mean, to my knowledge, I think it happened for me. I mean, to my knowledge, I I killed all the enemies, but I, uh, I mean, I, I made it a point to you know press start and uh, make sure I killed everything. But I still mm-hmm. was um, short like one half of a health segment at the end of the game, so I'm not sure what, what oh. went wrong. So maybe I missed one of the. Uh, I think there's one or two places in the game where you can find like an item that increases yeah. your life, but uh, and, yeah, I'm not sure where I missed that. Oh, did you uh, did you do the waiting in line thing? No, I did in the. That's it. Okay. That was it. Yeah. yeah. That's where you missed that's, it. That must have been it. Yeah, yeah the waiting in that line was, in the village. That was kind of neat. You yeah. know what's funny about that? They, I played this game on the Retron 5 with the Retron 5 controller, and it actually has uh, like a fast-forward <laughs> button. And I thought, <laughs> why in the heck would anybody want to use this for anything unless you were playing Tetris on easy and wanted to uh, increase the difficulty on the fly? Like... But well, they then made it's it like, just for that one. Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, I have to stand it's in this line. I don't man. think so. So just fast forward my way through into the shop. That was kind yeah. of funny. Yeah. A- and riding the uh, in water. Is it water Maria? Is that is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, waiting rafts. for the the rafts to go back oh, and forth. Yeah, I yeah. fast forwarded a little yeah. bit because that got a little tedious. So. Oh man. Um, this will um, this will kind of segue us into our next segment, and something I did want to mention too was um, the funny thing about all the dungeons. Like with a, with a lot of games, like your Zelda games and such, um, your dungeons are like you always expect a boss battle at the end of each dungeon. Mm-hmm. And there are quite a few times in this game where you don't have boss battles, yeah. but you might just be going to find an item. And I remember in Angkor Wat, I was like. Well, I got this thing. Uh, am I done now? Right. Like, so yeah. You guys have messaged. I'm like, because I don't want to mm-hmm. leave this dungeon and not be finished, right. you know, because there wasn't a boss battle. There wasn't anything um, except that item to suggest that maybe that's all I needed there. Yeah. That happened a few times yeah. in the game. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was intentional or maybe they just ran out of time implementing bosses. I don't, I don't know. It seems like it kind of goes against like your typical formula not to have a, like a big boss battle at the end of every dungeon, but... Yeah, this this game was fairly light on the on the boss fights. Um, I was okay with that because the <laughs> ones they did have were kind of rough, especially at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a so. lot of people had trouble with um with Castoff, who's I think yeah probably the one of the more 
popular. Like if you type in Illusion of Gaia into Google, you're probably yep. gonna find a screenshot of this boss. He's um, cool. I think, yeah, I think he's like the coolest looking boss in the game. It's I think it's one of the more intricate uh, boss fights in the game, um, and is is one of the more difficult ones too. Um, uh, well, I think he's difficult because he has so uh, little health. Yeah, it's, at it's the, time. the first boss in the game, so you're not really that powerful yet. Um, but he also he has a lot of projectiles, a lot of attacks that are kind of difficult to uh, to There's avoid. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on in that fight. Yeah, but uh, I would I would probably call this one of my one of my favorite fights just because of its uh, being a little more intricate and uh, just a cool looking boss. So the other ones, they I don't want to say they seemed bad or boring or generic or anything, but uh, to me they just didn't quite live up to the first boss fight. Well, it's um, it's a pacing fight. Mm-hmm. It's it, you can't just like rush in there and just start whacking away, you know. Like with the next fight with Viper, which mm-hmm. st- strangely named, it's yeah, like a, it's like a, uh, it's a, like a moa head, like with a bird, yeah. you know, wings that comes down. And you just kind of beat the crap out of that, and it's over with fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, the vampires, there's some strategy in that, but you know, with this one, um, but it, you know, you're just kind of beating on them. With this one, it's sort of a slow burn. Mm-hmm. You have, like Floyd said, you don't have a lot of health, and you have to kind of be a little bit more patient, and you have to kind of uh, just sort of ride out, um, you know, the different, um, uh, I don't want to say it, not different techniques, but the different uh, uh, stages of the battle with him, you know, with the, the eye lasers and, you know, the hands and, you know, and, and dodging the uh, bouncing projectiles and the <laughs> flame that's going around. There's a lot going on. <laughs> so, and, you know, the, the Mummy Queen's kind of the same way. Um, have, I like that kind of wait because um, I think yeah. th- there's like flames that she'll kind of turn into flames mm-hmm. or something and you have to strike them. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of felt like that was my least favorite. Um, not, I don't. I found it to be one, Which one? F- the Mummy Queen. I found it to be one of the more difficult oh. ones. Actually, the only cast off took me a couple of tries. But other than that, I think the Mummy Queen was like the only one that took me more than one try. Oh, really? Um, except for maybe like, I did that the maybe, first like, the time. Boss, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, well, my strategy wasn't good the first time. Um, I came in the. You're, just, you're kind of avoiding. You're yeah. kind of avoiding things by p- portaling and diving down. Right. Exactly. You know, yeah, and you got to keep too. kind of yeah. moving. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange fight. How about Sandfanger? Sounds like something a redneck gets at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Sandfanger, so I couldn't eat my peanut butter and jelly. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> that was an easy fight. I really like that one. Yeah. It, I mean, it, yeah, it was really the easy. Easiest fight in the game. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I thought uh, Viper was probably the easiest, because you can just yeah, wail on him. Uh, but I thought Sandfanger was uh, was kind of fun. You're kind of chasing this giant sandworm at the yeah. bottom of the uh, Great Wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was probably the most Zelda esque of the. Yeah, I got a, <laughs> enemies, a good point. Right? vibe from that one too. I think it reminded mm-hmm. me of the uh, the boss from the second dungeon and a link to the past because they're also like these sandworms that jump out of the. Oh the yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what yeah. I, I was trying to yeah. put my finger on it. I think that's what it was. Are you? Are we trying to put your finger on it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we do fight we have fought a lot of things in the playthroughs that jump out of the sand there was the uh the boss in the shadow of the colossus that you have to uh shoot in the eye right mm-hmm. there was one in wind waker uh, too i believe 
Uh, and the flying one that would dive down in the sand from uh, Shadow of the Colossus. So we have, we have a thing with sand. I guess so. <laughs> um, there was also a boss gauntlet at the uh, end of the game, which was pretty rough. Um, that was rough. This is my second least favorite thing. Um, uh, right behind boss uh, QTEs. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm totally with you. As everybody knows how much I hate QTEs in general. And then, yeah, boss gauntlets are just like, all right, come on. Like, is this just to pad the game? I'm thinking in a lot of cases it is is just to pad the game. And this is probably one of them. I like at least they changed the the skins. You know, the the color scheme is totally different. Mm -hmm. You're in a different environment. And uh, kind of working your way towards what you know is going to be the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of yeah, fights are easier because you're stronger. Right. Yeah. We get to, yeah. you get to play a shadow, right? And so you're kind of shadow, playing as right. a, right. you're playing as stronger versions of, uh, of all, every boss you already encountered. Mm. And it's, uh, after the first two or three of, of those bosses, you can actually save and refill your health, but then you have to fight like three of them in a row on like the same health bar, which right. is very difficult. That's the, that's what makes that, boss gauntlet difficult uh no i didn't know that yeah i just found out if you died you got you came back with full health yeah i guess that's one thing uh there are these little orbs you kind of find throughout the game and they kind of give you these extra yeah. lives um and i think this was really the only well this and a little bit in Angkor what was like the only places in the game where i kind of used that um mm-hmm. but yeah it was kind of, i guess a, a nice feature uh, well, those, yeah, those orbs you collect, they mm-hmm. kind of give you, it's almost like a continue, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But like even after you run out of those uh, orbs, if you if you get a game over on a boss, it's not like totally game over. You just come back with full health. Oh, well, half health. Really? You don't get full. Uh-uh. Well, that's when you're coming back with the, like when those orbs are reviving you. But yeah, like when you think... have none left, like by the, because cast off is like my you know worst enemy i i hate him <laughs> oh yeah um even even his like you know uh boss gauntlet version gave me a headache like still that mm. was one of the hardest bosses in the game yeah i would always like <laughs> with the with the initial boss fights if i died i would just hit reset yeah oh see yeah. i didn't do that yeah yeah because i wanted to keep my continues right. just in case because I, I was i thought those were gonna be so valuable later but turns out see, not I, so I don't much. know i don't know why they did this um but like if you run out of at least in the tower of babel right if you run out of your continues you just and and you die in a boss fight you come back with full health wow yeah i think somebody yeah. in the forums mentioned that too uh, i'm pretty sure it was yeah. either addicted or raidu i'm not sure which but I don't know if it's everywhere else in the game, but it was definitely in the uh, Tower of Babel. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, so we have the final boss as well. Um, the the comet you keep hearing about in the game uh, is like yeah, the first comet. phase. And he's kind of a pushover. The comet mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a face yeah, that spits these blue or these green blobs. And which you is the perfect time to shoot them uh, with your... The green the blobs raining down is a perfect time to use free, or I'm sorry, uh, Shadow's little puddle thing he does because you're invulnerable while you do it ah ah yeah see i just dodged him it wasn't that hard yeah i just i just turned into a puddle and it it lasts almost as long as the raining uh green things do oh cool yeah wow he just hit hit his face 
Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of the things that, now that you're mentioning the puddle, it's one of the things I didn't like about the game mm-hmm. was there's some items like you had to have equipped to use them. I just kind of felt like that puddle ability should have just been something that you absorbed uh, and just had sure, that you could use. Yeah, yeah I, I, you I know? agree with that. Yeah. Which, but maybe there's no way to, you know, yeah. set it up in the game. We see, but at that point, all I had in my inventory was um, that song. Mm-hmm. Um, the journal. The journal, the will, the letter from Will's, uh, not parents, um, un- aunt and uncle or grandparents or whatever. Mm-hmm. The cup game letter too, probably. And then the cup game letter. And then like two herbs and I think the the uh, the, the, the crystal glasses or whatever. Sure, yeah. So like I, you know, it didn't really bother me that uh, the puddle ability was an item as well. So yeah, I had to switch it off and on to do things, and mm-hmm. it, it especially bothered me in the um, um, you know, I'm kind of getting off topic here, but in the the pyramid area because I would always have to look at the letter from Will's father to know where to place the tiles because I didn't go get them all first and then place them. I placed them as I grabbed them, so I'd have to switch out that and then the um. But uh, the did, you, item did you well. notice that the room that you went into was also the it related to yeah, the spot on the yeah, wall? Like if you went into the second room, it was the second slot on the wall. Yeah. Did you notice that? No. Mm-mm. Oh. Mm-mm. Oh, I didn't. Okay. I, I just kept going back to the letter to figure out, you know, what the next piece of it was. So, hmm, interesting. Yeah, I, I did that until I realized, like, you know, hey, I got this from the fourth room, and it's the fourth, uh, you know, fourth slot on the wall. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. All right, so chaos comet, dark Gaia. Dark Gaia is the final form of the final boss. Uh, Very cool looking. Yeah, he is really it's cool like looking. The, the I guess the evil version of uh, the Gaia you've seen mm-hmm. in the dark spaces this whole time. Um, it looks like that thing at the top of the waterfall. In Contra, with the head of a <laughs> like a Giger painting. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this one was kind of tricky if you don't know the strategy. Like I, I, I lost this fight on the first try because I, and then I kind of, I, I seemed seemed really difficult. So I think I went and just looked up like a strategy and um, used that, but it's kind of to, uh, to block the little the green things he shoots at you. And, mm-hmm. There's these bubbles coming after you, which just they if you kind of just stay in the same spot, they're not much of a hazard. Yeah, that's that's what I did. I yeah. kind of stood just below the middle right. mm-hmm. and kept shooting yeah, up, and um, and then you do that like fire aura thing, uh-huh. and that protects you from the the uh, electric orbs right, or whatever they are. Right. Yeah, took me a while to figure that out too. And I think someone on our forums said that they were running from them, like sprinting away from them, and you could outrun them and escape them really? that way. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Until they learned, like, how you could actually block them. So mm-hmm. You couldn't block the um, that laser right. beam, though. <laughs> yeah. That you actually had to get away, get out of the way for. I, right. I used the puddle Lasers. again. So. <laughs> you and your puddle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works. <laughs> it works. Puddle master. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a pretty cool final boss fight. Uh, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. It wasn't super hard. I think I was yeah. expecting something harder, mm-hmm. but um, a little bit of a learning curve, which was nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, on the final boss fight. Yeah. So. All right. So I guess we'll move on to the the graphics of the game, which I I thought the game looked pretty good. Um, good, uh, good detail, good sprite work. 
um, some mm-hmm. good animations. Uh, you, know, you, you guys, your guys' thoughts. I liked it. I, I was mean, a oh. big fan. Yeah, no, I, I was going to just say the same thing. I, I thought the sprite work was really good. The the animations. Uh, I liked I liked Will's spinning the flute animation a lot. I yeah, don't know me why. Too. <laughs> it's just so like <laughs> it's really mesmerizing. I don't know, but uh, yeah, a lot of detail in the sprites. The colors were really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as sixteen bit stuff goes, this is. Not maybe not the cream of the crop, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. pretty dang good right. um, for sure. Mm-hmm. A little bit of mode seven in places, which was nice. Lots oh, yeah. of mode seven. Yeah, yeah and the map screen yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I thought. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I, I was just gonna just agree um, with you guys. I thought it was nice. I thought everything like um, you, the environments were really realistic and as wild and crazy as the different environments were and far fetched. I thought everything really looked nice and fit well uh, with mm-hmm. the story. Yeah, one thing I really liked about this game was that uh, they didn't reuse a lot of enemy sprites. They're like, it seemed like oh, each, each dungeon kind of had its own. There may have been uh-huh. a couple here and there that were just like palette swaps, but for the most part, each dungeon had its own unique enemy sprites, um, which is pretty nice. A lot of yeah. games tend to start recycling that sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And not just the sprites, but um, each enemy in each dungeon had its own behaviors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And something I forgot I wanted to bring up during gameplay that a lot of the enemies had like a, an exploit. And, and the best example I can come up with is, in again, because I like the Great Wall of China so much, the the guys that shoot the arrows at you, they can only shoot left to right. right yeah. So you have to like kind of maneuver between them. And I almost, I almost feel like I almost, almost feel the developers saying like, Oh, like you, you, you figured it out. Isn't that cool? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I really liked figuring out like what each enemy did and how to out, outsmart them, quote unquote. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could use your flute spin on those arrows too to block them. Right. Yeah. 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 That came in handy. Yeah. They might get bitten by one of those snakes in there. And you have to I run did, from it. Yeah. Yeah, again, it's captured on video you know, so you can see. Animal cruelty. <laughs> I didn't fight any of the snakes. Uh, I couldn't do it. So, No, I'm yeah, just kidding. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, back to the, the presentation here. Uh, the, the music was also mm-hmm. pretty gosh darn mm-hmm. good. Like nothing... Again, nothing crazy to write home about, but uh, definitely uh, somebody commented on, oh, it was Addicted again, who said, like, even when I was lost in a dungeon, like, the music didn't get on my nerves, which is, like, that's a, that's a compliment in my book for a game like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's, he said this game didn't suffer from the Darm Tower Syndrome or whatever he, he said. I, I don't have the quote in front of me. But. No, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. What is the Darm Tower? Yeah, that's that was from uh, East. Yeah, from East. There was there was a dungeon, oh, okay. dungeon called yeah, the Darm wasn't... Tower, which uh, was a pretty long-winded dungeon. And the music in that dungeon wasn't bad. It was actually pretty good. But the problem is, you hear it looped so much that you just, you grow sick of it. And that was a mm-hmm. pretty pretty common uh, sentiment uh, on the yeah. forum about that dungeon. Yeah. For me, the music in this game doesn't really stand out. Which, as I mentioned before. Um, uh, you know, there's music that really stands out, and it's great music. And then there's music that is bad, and then there's music that doesn't stand out. Mm-hmm. And for me, a lot of times when music doesn't stand out, it means it's it's pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's not because 
you know, it, it feels natural, you know, as a part of the gameplay. And so you, you just, you don't think about it, you know. It, That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, you know, intrusive or anything. Right, right. It's just kind of natural. It feels natural to the game. Um, and I felt that's the way the music was in this game. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, anything fantastic, you know, like like you hear in some games. But it was it was adequate, and uh, they did a good job with it. Yeah, I think so. Like the town music was, you know, sort of cheery and upbeat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did every dungeon have unique music, or was that something that kind of got recycled? No, I definitely think it did. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Some had its own music, but I think some were reusing music from an earlier dungeon, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of right. I think I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think there was sort of like a an all purpose general dungeon yeah, theme. That's how it seemed, and, same and then thing with the towns and then too. like, or or maybe every town, every dungeon was a variation on like the main town theme mm-hmm. or the main dungeon theme, which is probably the case. Yeah, which. Yeah, and I'm just... I'm sorry. Go ahead, oh, I was sorry. just going to say that I, I, overall I really did enjoy the music in the game, but that's kind of my one gripe is that it, they kind of reused some of those themes um, you know, from mm-hmm. multiple locations. And while those themes were good, I, I thought it would have been nice if they if every location sort of had its own own thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think, um, you know... Oh, no, what, it, was the, uh, it was the boss fight music. That was the same for every boss mm-hmm. fight. Uh, yeah, but every dungeon did have uh, a unique theme, even if it, even if they weren't too unique, they were at least different. Um, but, um, yeah, especially when, you know, when it takes at least, you know, five to ten tries to beat a boss, I think <laughs> you do kind of get tired of that music. That's um, like with the towns, like the first town in the game, South Cape, you have that kind of cheery, uh, happy town music. And then the next mm-hmm. town in the game, it it kind of has the same thing. It's almost exactly the same, but I think there's like a little bit of a different drum beat behind it or something. So it's kind of probably just a, most of the towns are kind of like that. Just slight variations on the, on that, on that central theme. Mm-hmm. But like for me, it was sort of like the, um, the depth of the music or like sort of how many instruments they mm-hmm. were, they were using in each, each track really, um, you know, made it interesting for me. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just looked it up. If anybody's curious, because I I just found myself kind of wondering, like, who composed the music for this game? Was it some like industry legend? Like, you know, I know it wasn't Nobuo Uematsu, but like, it was is it some known person? But it's it's uh, the composer here was Yasuhiro Kawasaki, and it looks like uh, he didn't. Um, really composed music for any other games that got localized in North America besides Illusion of Gaia. If I'm re- I've seen it, I'm looking at a couple different sites that have different, like, uh, re- you know, uh, resumes for lack of a better term. And there's only like a Cookie Mama game or, you know, some other oddball thing, but nothing uh, like where, where you could say, oh, he also did the music for this game. Very familiar kind of thing. So it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, not not some you know well known industry guy. You mm-hmm. know, so composing yeah, music. I guess for he this wasn't game. like a, like an in house composer for a Quintet or, or Enix. Um, it doesn't look like hmm. it, from what I can tell. It's interesting. Hmm. Um, any other thoughts on graphics or music or presentation in general? I don't think so. I did want to touch a little bit on, um, like I mentioned at the beginning of this, that uh, this 
the North American release of Illusion of Guy was localized by Nintendo. And Nintendo, at least at the time, and they probably still do, but they had some uh, kind of strict guidelines on what they allow in their games. So there were some things that were changed around in the localization process. For example, uh, and Sean kind of touched on this earlier, but the uh, the native tribe near Angkor Wat, the, the game sort of kind of tells you that uh, all those people starve to death, but um, they're actually... Uh, they're actually cannibalized by the remaining uh, uh, people in the village. Um, the game doesn't. Yeah, really I think I, I think I got that though. They, they, I think there's, I, there's kind of a giveaway. I think it's kind of yeah, hinted at. Right. There's, a, there's a part where they're tied up next to the fire, and you know, it's, yeah. like, that's kind of a giveaway. And um, but yeah, they 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 kind of don't really mention uh, cannibalism. I think uh, probably the original version uh, makes that more overt. And also, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of religious imagery removed from the game because Nintendo doesn't like that. Um, mm-hmm. So the school at the beginning of the game is actually a church in the original version. They change it to a school, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and well, that and makes sense. Similarly, you know? the teacher is a priest in the original version. Yeah, I thought he looked more like a monk yeah, he or something. Yeah, kind of does. So yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't even know that. That's yeah. I think pretty there cool. might be some uh, religious um, imagery, like visually, um, in in the school, like originally when it was you know a church. There might be like a cross or, or mm-hmm. a statue or something, but uh, it oh, was maybe. removed. Um, mm-hmm. But but then I think having it be a school kind of uh, relates to sort of what my reading of the ending is. Right. So at least <laughs> this the school thing worked for me. Mm-hmm. Sure. And. Uh, yeah, there's one other thing that was changed, and it's in the ending. Um, apparently, there's well, in the ending, there um, it shows Will and Kara kind of they're on the the comet, and they're looking down at Earth from the comet, and they kind of make a statement that like this must be what it feels like to be God or something like that. Um, and apparently, that line just got removed. But uh, no, I think that that was changed to uh, like this is what it must feel like to be spirits or something. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't don't quite remember. But yeah, they certainly didn't uh, mention mention God because uh, I guess Nintendo doesn't really allow that sort of thing. Um, no, but there's there's nothing like overtly yeah, religious right, in right. there. But since we're <laughs> you know touching on the ending, uh, I guess we can uh, kind of say what happens in the ending. Um, because sure. I know you guys got some theories, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so at the end of the game, uh, throughout the course of the game, you find out that this power or this comet that we heard about is a there's a power from it that's halting humanity's progress. So I guess the game is actually kind of set in modern times, but for some reason humanity's kind of stuck in like the age of exploration or something because um, they're just not evolving. Um, but after Will destroys Dark Gaia. Uh, it returns the world to the, its normal state. Um, Will's ghost parents inform him that he and Kara and all his friends will have no memory of this adventure, and they'll just kind of go back to their uh, usual lives, except in like modern times. And the end, like the last little scene, shows Will and his friends at the modern day school, just you know, ending a ending a day at school. Um, mm-hmm. So, and they show a big modern cityscape yeah, as yeah, well. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you guys had some had some theories here. So let's hear them. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of a weird ending, and um, you know, I think everything leading up to that point has been, you know, about uh, like some sort of spiritual enlightenment or evolution or something. Mm-hmm. You know, so many uh, characters say that um, you know, um, in in you know mythology, a comet is supposed to be the uh, uh, like a, a spirit, and the spirit is supposed to bring on uh, evolution of of the you know of the humanity that's living on the on the earth um well it certainly did with the dinosaurs <laughs> yes yes it did um but anyway i think um my my initial sort of final thought on like what 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 did i just play like what what is this the ending is so weird i think yeah. it, like it tries to be really serious at the end and then after the credits roll it's just will and his buddies in school mm-hmm. Um, so I thought like, is this, did Will just like daydream all of this? With Kara too. With Kara. Yeah. And it was said before that, that they wouldn't see each other or know each other, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was like, I will find you. It's like, even if it takes, you know, thousands (laughs) of years, I will find you. You know, it's a very, you know. Wasn't that in Last of the Mohicans? I will find you. That's a good point. I forgot about that. (laughs) Um, so, you know, that's, that's probably, you know, what it was like, why else would they, wake up uh you know in school um and and what you know why would there be you know visions of of the future and and why would they show you know a modern day city Mm -hmm. and then sort of i guess my my second you know guess as to what all this could be is is a little more a little more far-fetched is that um everything's been about consciousness and evolution so i'm guessing maybe and they say will and kara are more uh, what do they say? More evolved mm-hmm. humans or something? Sure. So I'm guessing that you know these these two they like you know they they did exist in the timeline of the game, mm-hmm. and they just like astral projected or something. You know they projected their consciousness into the future. Super bizarre. <laughs> I know it's it's like way out of left field, but um, you know it, if they're talking about you know evolution and you know if, if where else can you evolve if you've, you know, achieved the uh, highest technology is just, you know, the evolution of, uh, you know, of the psyche. Yeah. And that last scene kind of reminded me of uh, the ending scene to um, 2001 Space Odyssey with the with the space baby looking down at Earth. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good point. And then they did have sort of an I don't know, I got this sort of Adam and Eve vibe. Oh, that's from, a good one too. From them, you know, like they're going to be sent to Earth to, um, you know, to uh, to continue and uh, you know, um, you know, move on from this, mm-hmm. you know, with with no memory of it. But uh, right, I, I did sort yeah, of get that sort they of are more religious evolved vibe. humans. Why not them? Right. Right. And and you know they, um, you know, she's able to enter the um, uh, the the Tower of Babel with him because she has the other ring remember mm-hmm. that she found so she she is the representation of light and he is the representation of dark um and that's when they it's combine not so much like good and evil it's more like right just a right. balance yeah right? right not yin and yang if you will right as opposed to like what we think of as light and dark with good and evil mm-hmm. right so um so those are some interesting thoughts I had this idea that would have made the game really cool as a twist ending, and I sort of thought this was going to happen. Do you remember, like, at the end, 
when you're going through um, uh, the Tower of Tower of Babel, she just sort of disappears for a few moments. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you oh, have yeah. to fight a few other bosses, and she's and like... She comes back. She's got this yeah. like lame excuse as far as where she was. I mean, I felt that was like really well, what, what was her excuse when she came back? Because <sighs> I, th- this one... One thing that I really have to fault this game at was you could press any button and advance dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, that was a problem. So if you accidentally if you accidentally press yeah. like a directional button, you'd skip some dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's weird to when I saw someone on the forum, I, I thought it was just me because the Retron five controller is a is a piece of crap and the buttons are micro switches. So I was like, dang, I skipped another friggin' dialogue box that I won't get back, you know. So mm-hmm. sometimes I I reverted back to some saves to see if I, you know, had yeah. missed something important. Yeah. So it's it's funny to hear that it was actually the game's issue yeah yeah. Yeah. but i guess my my whole getting back to like that i mean i don't remember like why she said she was because i just it felt unimportant like why she wasn't you know where she had gone to in the meantime but i felt like that was like really suspicious so i was like wouldn't it be cool like at the end if she was like evil behind everything (laughs) yeah i mean wouldn't that be like awesome and then you had to and she like transformed into this crazy beast or something you had to fight her i'm like that would be an awesome ending you know just someone you had been trusting and had been tagging along and you would never expect that to happen you know at the end of that game i thought that would have been awesome no that'd be cool yeah Yeah, sorry i I know that's kind of off topic and kind (laughs) of weird as but that's kind of what was spinning through my head at the time i was like oh my gosh she's gonna end up being evil she's following me around um, it, it reminded me of um, uh, Link to the Past. You know, there's that one dungeon where you find that right, girl, yeah. and she follows you around, and you bring her into the light, mm-hmm. and it turns into oh, that demon. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, that's, yeah, that, that's what it made me think of. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I want to say that uh, Floyd's uh, first theory about the daydream. He, uh, I think it was oh, yeah. last night. He, uh, post. Yeah, yeah, I finished the yeah, game last night, and like text. I, I texted yeah. you guys, and like. Was this just yeah, a daydream? And, uh, you know, I always just kind of took it at face value. I never really thought too deeply about it. But as soon as he, I saw that, was this just a daydream? I was like, huh. Wow. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of yeah. feels that no, way. In, in it, hit a way. Me, it hit me that way, too. Yeah. When mm-hmm. I saw it, I was like, yeah. Because like, the game begins point. in a school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends in a school. But a modern day school, mm-hmm. right? Sure. So, and... Um, you know, so you see Will in in a hallway of what looks to be like a high rise building, and there's an announcement that says, you know, um, you know, school day is done, and you know, please be careful when when leaving the building because we've had a lot of car accidents lately. So mm-hmm. like, obviously, you're in the future, right? Sure. Um, yeah. And um, you know, it's sort of like technology has been a bit of a theme throughout the game because you're. Uncle Neil is he an uncle or is he a cousin? I think he's your cousin. I don't remember. Neil's your cousin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but he he's an inventor, right? Yeah. Like he invents planes mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. So I'm in the future yeah. and I'm still wearing these same damn clothes, <laughs> but with a backpack. I think he had a backpack. Can I get some Jinkos? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, and another sort of final thought that I wanted to bring up as well, um, and I just kind of just kind of popped into my head when we were talking tonight about the game, and Stephen was talking about um, um, how he had played this game when he was younger, and I started thinking about, well, what was it about this game that maybe, um, maybe it, it sort of escaped from me? Why did I not hear about this game until... Um, 
you know, I started collecting games and it kind of popped on my radar as a decent game. Um, I, I think something that was really off putting about this game was the artwork, the cover art to the game and to the box. Um, it's very minimalistic. It doesn't tell you a lot about the game. If you think of other RPGs at the time, like Chrono Trigger, if you think of Secret of Evermore, you think of Secret of Mana, those are all games that have sort of action art covers. Um, and when you think about this game, it's simply um, text and a the planet Earth. That's about it, right? Yeah, but... Yeah. I, actually, no, you're right. Yeah. Um, um, it doesn't tell you much. I guess because they want you to read the back of the box, too. I don't know. Well, um, like, I, don't, I guess, I think but... It, it, I don't know. Well, I, I think they're I, also... It could have been worse. Yeah, I mean, it could have been the like, cover um, of Phalanx. I would say even like the Final Fantasy games are kind of similar in that they're very minimalistic. And, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah, thinking but, about but like... Uh, when you, it's, you're talking about Final Fantasy. You're talking about a series that's value, already known right? from the yeah, Nintendo. So, yeah. Right? So you know it's, you know it's a good series, but... Um, but yeah, I, I, and so with I, and I'm my, my guess, it, and my I, guess as to the artwork is it, it reminds me a lot of the uh, Link to the Past artwork. Right, and I'm yeah. not I'm not saying this again. That's that's another series. You know, you got Link to the Past. I mean, that's that's Zelda. I mean, you know what Zelda is, and you're gonna buy that game mm-hmm. because of Zelda. My thing is, I'm I'm not like I'm not knocking the artwork. You know, on no, it. I, I know, I know I'm you're saying not. like in my time when when I was growing up, I I would have encountered this game at let's say a video. Uh, rental store, right? And this is what I would have seen. I wouldn't have seen the back of a box or anything oh, like fair. that. Yeah. And and so, as far as playing this game or choosing this game, um, as far as what I was looking at that was on the shelf, this would I, I would have had no indication of what type of game this was, and mm-hmm. and and there because of the artwork, um, and and wouldn't have picked it up as as opposed to like you know like I said Chrono Trigger. Um, you know, Secret of Evermore, you know, Secret of Mana, you know, games like that, Breath of Fire. I mean, they, those all have like kind of fantastic covers, you know, action covers with, you know, with characters in them. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have they all have really good covers, but then they also have very similar names like Secret of Mana, yeah, yeah. The Illusion of Gaia. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think they were at least Nintendo was probably really you know, targeting the Zelda fans. Yeah, that, sure. that's, um, um, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think I wanted to mention this somewhere, but if you compare the, um, the like, the uh, cover of this game and the way the uh, the name of the game is presented... Um, mm-hmm. The font? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, it's European and Japanese versions look very different, and when it was localized in North America, Nintendo had it changed to resemble, um, like, the Legend of Zelda logo. Um, so I guess they were banking mm-hmm. on that sort of increasing interest for the game, and I think it's ironic that you say that you know it's uh, that that if you had saw, seen this as a kid or when you were younger, it, you wouldn't have been interested because uh, that's kind of the opposite of what Nintendo was trying to do. Yeah, font mm-hmm. doesn't do it for yeah, me. Sure, yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't work for you. <laughs> the simple uh, way to put it. But I think it also plays a little bit like um, like a Link to the mm-hmm. Past. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. There's mm-hmm. a lot of similarities in that. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I, I kind of was thinking of is the name of it, and it kind of like goes back to I never really thought about the name of the game, like Illusion of Gaia or Illusion of Time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a- illusion can mean several things. Um, but the way this is spelled, it means you know something that's not real, right. something mm-hmm. that's an illusion, which kind of goes back to Floyd's theory about this game. Mm-hmm. 
in what's mm-hmm. happening. So, oh, see, I never th- even thought about that. Yeah. It's pretty good. So, illusion of Gaia. So, it's an illusion of uh, Gaia, you know, which means Earth. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, an illusion of Earth of or whoever this creature is. Um, or right. illusion of time. Mm-hmm. You know, mix up mm-hmm. the time. You know, maybe... If you're in school, well, maybe you're learning. Are, they're related, right? Yeah. Maybe if you're in school, you're learning history. Maybe that's a history class that you're taking. So it's sort of a mismatch, a mishmash of history as we know it. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like so that an illusion of yeah. that. Um, I think sort of my like sort of final thought is always in my mind because like I've owned this game for a while and I've never played it, uh, but always in my mind. I've sort of related this game and, and I've always thought of it to be similar to like Secret of Mana. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not. It's if if there's anything that's even close to it, it'd be it'd be Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I always thought it would be this like grand epic RPG and it's kind of just a little story. Mm-hmm. And and like I'm not knocking it anyway, I'm not uh I'm not saying it's bad for these reasons, but I think um, that's also what makes it unique. And I think because it's unique in that way, that's, you know, that's um, a big plus going for it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I I know that one of the things, and I wanted to get Sean's kind of take on this. I I know Sean was talking about, uh, this was the game you used the manual, right? Didn't you have the manual for this? Yeah, the the manual that came with the game is kind of a, actually a, a strategy guide and a walkthrough to the game. And wow. I the re, the the reason Steven recorded some footage actually is because I asked him to because I'm I intend to do a YouTube video about this manual. A lot of YouTubers who have reviewed the game mention the manual but they don't really go, they just kind of show it and say, oh, the manual came with was a strategy guide. That's pretty cool. Uh-huh. And I, I really used it to play the game. And I wanted to talk about like some of the, the pitfalls of it because it starts out quite useful and it does tell you where every single gem in the game is as you go along. Wow. Um, but one of the things is as it goes along, you could tell that they were either again running out of money or time to write this thing and like entire sections are missing <laughs> it's like if you were really like playing this not as a community or without the internet you would be kind of lost as to what to do like the whole uh go uh the whole drinking game thing in, in water maria is totally not in there you know what i mean and i actually wonder if part of that was did they not want to put that in a you know Nintendo strategy guide? Like, See, and that's not even like out? leaving things out to be vague, right? Because I mean, <laughs> a lot of guides nowadays give you everything, and then there's like no like discovery left in a game if you're if you're following a guide to a T. So like sometimes it's kind of nice when a guide leaves things out so you can just find them on your own. But this sounds like they just left things out because either like you said ran out of time or. What you know? Yeah, and it's and some of the parts were kind of vague in that good way, where instead of mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, do this, 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 and this," which is how I played Link to the Past, if you if you all remember me <laughs> mentioning that on the on the podcast, but um, it for this guide, it, it, there was parts that were like vague in a good way, like, "Okay, right. this dungeon's going to be tough, and the the enemies are, are harder, but you need to get this item." Uh, to to complete the dungeon kind of thing and 
you're going to have to use uh, the sliding mechanism, you know, a lot in this, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. And again, I hope to, uh, I do have my YouTube channel and my forum signature on RF generation. Uh, so if you, if anybody wants to just keep, keep an eye on that, I haven't uploaded anything in a very long time, but I would like to uh, get back into it. So hoping to make a video now i'm, I'm putting myself on the exactly. hook to actually do that <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was trying <laughs> not to do that to you by saying i recorded this for no Sean, i understand but, uh, I would, yeah, yeah no no it's fine I'm, I'm i'm willing to admit i haven't you know been uh, willing to put in the time into it yet but i actually bought a tripod for my I, i'm gonna use my phone as a camera but I bought a tripod that has a little attachment that'll hold your phone with a remote, and uh, no, I'm serious about okay. it. So that's cool. Looking forward to seeing that. Good for you. Um, so I'll talk about my final thoughts. You know, I mentioned earlier that this is a game I played as a kid, and it's one I remember very fondly. And it's uh, I I consider it one of my favorites. I mean, it, to me, it's not as good as you know, say Chrono Trigger or the Final Fantasy games and some of the others, but uh, it's still it's still up there for me um, as far as Super Nintendo games go and uh, I was really glad to uh, share this one with the community and with you guys and everybody seemed to enjoy it so that was that was really cool yes very much so thank you yeah this was um, I, I like this game a lot and I actually I'm looking at my beaten in whatever year threads on RF generation because I was curious I feel like I haven't played a retro, and by retro, I mean like, well, we used to do retro and modern, so just put it that way. Like, I, I feel like I can't remember the last time I played a retro game to completion, and it actually was linked to the past. Oh, wow. uh, in February of last year was the last time I played anything like, you know, six, 16-bit or earlier. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I think that, like, I really, uh, for me you know just my takeaway and my final thoughts of this game were besides the the amazing like oh they went there moments with like the dark themes and everything like was just to, to for me to be playing a retro like a uh, game from that era again it, it felt like you know putting on an old comfortable pair of shoes kind of it was it was a really cool experience so definitely th this game too I mentioned it in the, the preview last episode that I've had this game in my collection before I was interested in collecting for the Super Nintendo and before I was really collecting. I, you know, somebody just gave it to me and I had it. I didn't know what it was. And um, the game for a while was just 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. Like you could get it so mm -hmm. cheap. It's It's gone yep. up in price a little bit, but it's still, still really bad. cheap. It's like you can get this game for 20 bucks. And if you're into physical collecting, uh, or even if you're not, it's actually the only way to play it because it's not on uh, any virtual consoles unless so unless you're gonna emulate it, um, you you might as well grab the cart because it's still uh, relatively cheap for what it is. You know, goes for about twenty bucks at the the time we're recording this, so definitely worth grabbing. I would say, absolutely. Yeah, it was. I wanna I wanna echo what Sean said, and that is, it was really satisfying to. Uh, to beat a retro game because I think it was a long time for me since I've I've beaten anything in that like you know eight or um, sixteen bit generation so that was that was really satisfying and um, 
Yeah, I'm kind of glad that this uh, this game wasn't what I thought it was going to be, because um, that that helped me, um, or that allowed me, I should say, that allowed me to uh, discover its charm. And it's you know sort of, you know, it's got a little bit of a quirky moments, and it's got some serious moments, and some you know moments where they try to go for the feels. And yeah, it was just fun all around. Yeah, I got to say, great pick. Cool. Yep. So, yep. Um, Good job, Steven. So I shot a curiosity, Floyd. Um, what were you expecting with this game? Uh, like a turn-based RPG? or? No, I, I was expecting um, uh, probably more along the lines of somewhere in between Secret of Evermore and, and Secret of Mana. Okay. Uh, sort of like, you know, enemies, you know, on on screen, you can sort of do that like action art. I, that's what I was expecting, an action RPG. Um, I mean, which it mm-hmm. is. But um, it's, it's a little lighter on the RPG was, elements than, than those games. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I think I mentioned it reminded me of Beyond Oasis a bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For Genesis, but uh, I didn't care for Beyond Oasis. There's just some parts in that that were just yeah. Even I didn't finish that super game. Super annoying. So, uh, you know, yeah. take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, it's cool. I'm but, glad uh, you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, and appreciate you uh, putting it out there. Mm-hmm. It's it's always hard, like when there's something from like your past that you really love to put out there, mm-hmm. um, like I did with Medieval. <laughs> and um, <laughs> well, congratulations on getting more than one person <laughs> to play it with you. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I was a little, little worried because when the thread first went up and the announcement went up, that people weren't signing up for a little bit. It took a few days, but then we started getting some people interested. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, pr- pretty good turnout. I'm glad people enjoyed this one. Um, yeah. yeah. Speaking of signing yeah. up, uh, Floyd, do you want to let them know what they need to be signing up for for next month? Yeah, next month in the uh, next couple days, or yeah, next two days, we're going to be playing uh, Uncharted, uh, the very first Uncharted game. Um, what's it? Uh, Uncharted Four: Thief's End has just come out not too long ago, and um, we thought, uh, or I, I thought, you know, let's go back to the beginning of the series. Um, Rich is now a, a PS3 owner, so. Yay. You know, maybe he wants to uh, see where the series began. And uh, first, first one in the in the series isn't particularly my favorite, but I still do like it. And um, basically, it's like you know, sort of Indiana Jones, very very pulpy, uh, very actiony. Um, not super hard, but uh, you know, really well written, well um, you know. Well, uh, well-developed game. Uh, it's by Naughty Dog, who you know everybody by, by now should know them. They they put out really high-quality games like Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, yeah, no, even even in like their PS One era, like they were doing mm-hmm. good stuff. Um, yeah, so should be a little fun adventure game, sort of uh, you know tongue-in-cheek humor. If if you like Indiana Jones, definitely sign up for this one. Yep, yep. And uh, by the time you're listening to this podcast. Uh, we'll already be playing it, but it's not too late. Come join us on our forums and uh, check out this game. And also, just want to reiterate, um, if you haven't listened to it yet, please listen to our E3 podcast. We'd love you uh, to listen to that and get some feedback and hear your thoughts and what you thought about the E3 presentation. Thanks yeah, a lot. feedback would be, would be important on that one because of, as we continue to try to do these little side projects uh, or side episodes, we, we'd love to hear, uh, you know, do you like them? Do you hate them? Should we sure. keep doing them or not waste our time? So yeah, hit us up on the forums or on Twitter or Facebook or wherever. That's right. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to some Uncharted. Happy gaming. 
And yeah, see you guys next month. And that'll wrap it up for another episode of the Playcast. Thank you again for listening and an extra thanks to everyone who participated in this playthrough and joined us on the forum at RF Generation. In July, Floyd will be hosting the cinematic action classic Uncharted for the PlayStation 3 and remastered on the PlayStation 4. Log on to rfgeneration.com to join the discussion. You might get mentioned on the show. Thank you as always for listening and we'll see you next time on the RF Generation Playcast.